It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. We're having a change of face this week as we're looking at IWS versus GW. GCW, unsanctioned, with a swear word in between, but I'm polite. It was from Montreal, Quebec, in Canada. This might be the first actual real-time Canadian show we've looked at in a very long time, from the Olympia Arena. Um, And it happened on the 11th of March. Uh, We're going to discuss this show. To join me is our resident Canadian, Anna. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, Would it be safe to say you're our Canada correspondent? Yes, I, I must be, because uh, I think I'm the only one on the Truman Show well, in Canada. So. <laughs> There's my mate Chris, who did one episode, but he's not in Canada. He's in Britain. Um, so he's not a regular presenter. <laughs> <laughs> All the others are either British or North American. Uh, sorry, British or American, I should say, not North American. You're all North American. Um, you're either British or American. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, it was, was you, one of your ideas. What led you to um, suggesting we look at this show? Or was it just because, hey, Canada? Or have you got a connection with I, IWS? Well, I don't really have a connection with IWS as much as I do have with GCW. Um, but I was planning on going to the show, but okay. uh, just the way that I got a new job and all that stuff, it just didn't end up working out. But, um, no, I wanted to take a look at this show because, um, we looked at like a company versus company show before, and, uh, this one was really good in the sense that, um, there was a lot of like Canadian talent that doesn't get shown really because i mean canadian wrestling goes really under the radar and i really kind of wanted to bring that like kind of to onto a platform because uh canadian wrestling is on the up and up i mean it's pretty big all over the country it's just um like most things out of canada it never really leaves canada so i just kind of wanted to share that with other people that's really cool i'm glad to hear that that's the kind of thing we like to do I first became aware of International Wrestling Syndicate uh, when I was a Shikara fan because they would get a lot of IWS people would get invites to uh, King of Trios. There was an IWS team a couple of times, I think, and people a couple of teams from IWS came to King of Trios as well um, in Shikara. So that was the first time I came across IWS. Obviously, we've looked at Game Changer Wrestling. Um, normally, we look at that with... Well, we've looked at some Game Changer stuff with Chelsea in the past, which has tended to be the more um, female-orientated and um, LGBTQI-orientated shows that GCW have done. And we've looked at a lot of the violent stuff, because John likes violence. (laughs) But then you like violence as well. So now we have two Deathmatch experts on the Troopany Show roster. Yes, I definitely love of uh, my death matches and like in Canada uh, we actually kind of have laws that make us like not able to, to do like like we will 
get to it in the main event and, and I'll talk about laws and stuff again. But uh, no, it's uh, I'm used to like the chairs and tables and stuff like that at like my own local shows. So it was just like a nice little taste of home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, British wrestling didn't really have death matches mm-hmm. until like the 2010s. Um, we have what John is at a deathmatch mm. tournament today, I think, in Newcastle, and he travels all over the UK looking at deathmatch tournaments. Um, but yeah, it basically, if you've ever seen world of sports wrestling, then you'll know that it was a very genteel form of professional wrestling that we had in this country for quite some time. Um, and to be honest with you, back elbows were banned in certain places. You couldn't like you know. So you got something, got something in a hammerlock. They couldn't back elbow you in the face. It was considered too dangerous. I, I think Doncaster uh, Borough Council banned it because it was down to the council you wrestled in. And women's wrestling was banned in London up until well, recently, to be honest. Because <laughs> I was on the Great London Council back in the day. Yeah, um, they banned women's wrestling because it was lewd entertainment, um, and therefore. Yeah, no fun at all. Anywho, let us move on. <laughs> so the opening match, which was the East West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne representing your GCW versus Fresh Air, Junior Benito and McCray Martin. 15 minutes and 21 seconds of just the kind of thing you need to get a crowd pumping because it was a very much um, a tone setter, let's say. It was lots of back and forth action. It was... You know, we've we've had we've talked about Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne on this show before. We've not talked about Fresh Air before, so it was nice to see somebody new. And they went each other toe for toe. Um, East West Express take the win here, 15 minutes, 21 seconds. Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne are destined for greatness, but that doesn't necessarily mean Junior Benito and McCray Martin aren't. They're growing in popularity, and based on this, they are top-level performers. So I'll be intrigued to see how they develop um, whereas Oliver and Wayne are kind of set in the GCW permanent, as it were, with lots of interesting offers in and around uh, the rest of wrestling. What was your thoughts on this one, Anna? Well, exactly. Like, it was just the perfect match to start the show and all that stuff. Like, there was a pre-show for the show, but um, it was just, like, scrambles and stuff. So that was, like, this was the perfect way to open, like, the main part of the show. Um, I was not familiar with Fresh Air until this, but I feel like I have seen McCray Martin dozens of times at bars around here. Just guys that look like that. That's that's my favorite part about the guys, the guys from Canada on these shows. It's just like, yeah, that looks like a guy that would like get in a fight around here. I can testify to that. <laughs> but yeah, like very good tag team work and all that stuff. Um, Junior Benito really stuck out to me. He was awesome, especially like uh, the exchanges he's uh, having with Nick Wayne. Um, two very young uh, up-and-coming wrestlers. I mean, Nick Wayne, he got signed to AEW when he was like 17 years old or something like that. Like, um, it's pretty crazy to see like uh, just these really really young wrestlers getting these huge platforms. Um, but of course, Jordan Oliver is always excellent and I've seen him grow over the years. So seeing him finally kind of get his foot in a more tag team oriented, like wrestling. I like that for him because like, I, 
I was used to him doing like singles matches and things like that, but I really am enjoying him like in a tag team with Nick Wayne. Yeah, for sure. He's um he's had a lot of good press in the last twelve months. I really took notice of him last year's collective. Um last year's collective was insane when you think back about it now and what's happened since then. Um and with the people involved in last year's collective. Um that's where I first started to pick up on him. Um, and he had some really good showings there, um, and you know, but it, it, whereas other people have kind of used that as a springboard, he's kind of still in the GCW firm, like I said, which I don't think is a bad thing as well, because he's got time to grow in a in a place where they have high quality wrestlers, and you know, that's the one advantage GCW has as a promotion for people wanting to work there is the quality is very high. You know, I was really impressed with IWS's production value because GCW shows, as much as I love them, they can look terrible. <laughs> they are rough. Yeah, I was going to talk about how good this show looked. Uh, yeah. Down to the venue and the camera work and all that stuff. And the fact that I am craving that blood orange beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, that was being advertised the entire show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it just looks nice. It looks like a show you want to go to. Um, not saying I, the, the GCW shows are not shows I don't. Not shows I don't want to go to. But they they don't use enough black curtain. There's not enough like presentation going on. It seems like, and it's, I suppose it's kind of part of the deal of you know rough and ready stuff, which I can understand for, like, Bloodsport, but when you're trying to produce this slick kind of product that the wrestling deserves, I think they need to kind of grow a little bit in that particular sense. So it was nice to have GCW-style action in a presentation that looked very professional and slick. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it looked great. Uh, Oh, commentary was Vita Scott and MLJ. Shout out to Vita Scott, because she's awesome. I, I would listen to her commentate on anything, um, really, because she's one of the best in the business in a minute. MLJ, very good as well. Um, and MLJ got out of the way and let Vader Scott do the do the color do the her do the lead announcing, and MLJ added color, which is usually the other way around for MLJ. So it was a switch of scenes for him, but he sounded very complimentary to what Vader Scott was saying. So I liked that a lot as well in this particular show, and they were very good together all the way through the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought uh, Veda Scott was fantastic. Um, Cage Mash must have an error, though, because it was actually the fellow from IWS. Uh, I do not remember his name, though. No, I don't think so <laughs> much. We did have MLJ ring announcing. That was it. I still, I, yeah, it's International Wrestling Syndicate. I should have realized that. International Wrestling Syndicate. Let's look it up. That's a terrible spelling of that. Wally Good Times is the announcer. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, Wally Good Times. Do apologise. Um, yeah, he was very good as well. MLJ though was doing. Yeah, he was doing ring announcing. That was that was his job for the day. Uh, shall we move on to the second match? Absolutely. This featured Sawyer Wreck, who is kind of. Um, GCW's big bad monster female wrestler and Lufisto, who is everyone's big bad monster female wrestler. This was <laughs> this was our fight. This was two 
big hitting, heavy hitter style wrestlers going up against one another. I I tend to favor Lefisto just because she's so polished and she's like absolutely on point every time she see her wrestle. She's great. I haven't had much experience with Soya Rec, and I think she will get there. Um, not that she's particularly sloppy or anything. There was a couple of spots where she was off in this, but you know she's she has such a good presentation presence. That doesn't matter. You know, if you, if you look good, then that's half the battle, and she does because she's she's got this towering demeanor. She's a tall woman, and she knows how to use that particular um, body style to make an impression on you. Lefisto is a fireplug of a fighter. So she kind of r- reminds me of uh, Minoru Tanaka a lot in the way that she fights, and and these two are just perfectly matched. In fact, yeah, it was it was just great to see these two fight each other. Um, and nine minutes and forty eight seconds for Lefisto to take out the win. What did you think of this one? Well, hey, you know I love a size difference for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So Lufisto, she is five foot nothing, and uh, Sawyer Wreck is about six feet tall. Um, so the size difference was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I have seen Lufisto wrestle a couple times in person, and she is one of my favorite performers to watch. Um, but I've never seen her like in a hardcore setting live before. So that was another one of those FOMO moments that I was going through when I was watching through this show because <laughs> there was tables and chairs and well geez like a mountain of chairs that Sawyer Wreck threw, and threw into the ring um, Sawyer Wreck I became familiar with uh, through No Peace Underground out of Orlando, Florida um, I first saw her on a show, they did a no ring show with no people during COVID um, and to, like during the COVID lockdown, when that actually happened, surprisingly in Florida. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was fighting Alex Ocean, and um, she pinned him to he. She pinned his hand to the ring with a syringe, and that's when I knew, yeah, she's going to be the one in a couple of years. And now she is getting those GCW spots and she's representing them on a company versus company show so I just absolutely love for her and, and how much she's come over the last few years yeah definitely I, I think the thing is I've kind of been into Japanese wrestling for the last couple of years and how I haven't been into as much North American indie wrestling as I used to be and I used to watch a lot more than I have done in recent years and of course when you watch Shikara it was it was kind of a notable point for a lot of indie wrestling, so you got to see loads of different people. Um, so it, it's been it's, this show was really intriguing for me. It's been a nice changes pace as well because it's like I'll be watching New Japan Cup this week um, or last two weeks, and I'll be honest, New Japan Cup hasn't been startling entertainment. Um, the best thing that's come out of New Japan Cup this year is kind of like Dave Finley kind of really finally showing that he's a proper main eventer and he has a chance to do that now he's turned deal and um, Sonata leaving LIJ and everything else like do we really need to see Shingo Takagi versus Aaron Henry do we really I don't think we do (laughs) (laughs) but I know you know new stars and stuff but 
Anywho, so this was this this whole card was just like a breath of fresh air to me, and this was one of those matches that really stood out because it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about these two? No, just rest in peace, Lufisto's back. Even though she uh, she took the win for IWS, she is going to be feeling that for the next seventeen years. I yeah, she she took just that the, the chair spot. <laughs> wasn't the worst chair spot in this entire show either. Um, we get to the main event. <laughs> no. <laughs> we get to the main event. There was a battle with physics and friction that was not going to be won by the wrestler. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, next match, right? My French is terrible, so I'm going to go TDT. Matthew Saint Jacques and Thomas Dubois defeated. Um, my Spanish isn't much better. Lamasios, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo in 30 minutes and two seconds in a tag team match. Now, TDT are representing uh, ISW, and Mexico's were wrestling uh, for Game Changer Wrestling. I will say this is not my cup of tea because it's a tag team because it, it's a tornado tag team match. Which, if they'd announced it, I would have had no problems with it being a tornado tag team match. But as it was, it was just two teams doing a load of maneuvers, and it's like this is supposed to be company versus company, and I needed more story than that to get into it. And as I realised as I went through the matches, the moves are great, and that both teams have got a great look, and they can do killer double team spots. But the lack of story just got to me in the end with this and took over my better judgment with it. I don't know if you feel any differently about it because you're a bit more into the two companies than I am. And I hate to sound very like, you know, oh, where's the narrative in this? <laughs> but there was no narrative to this. This was, <laughs> was your high sports match. It was nothing but high sports. There was no connecting tissue whatsoever. And if that's your thing, it's cool. Um, but for me, it was just like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> so, I don't know, Anna. Bring me in. Tell me what I'm missing. Well, I mean, there was a lot of high spots. I am a fan of Los Mazisos and Tabernacle Team. So, <laughs> which is a cuss word if you are unfamiliar. Uh, they are just the fucking team <laughs> in English. <laughs> So that kind of, if you'd known that, you would uh, kind of have that expectation set for um, what that match was. Because as you said, it was just a lot of big tag team maneuvers, lots of high spots. No story, but uh, I enjoyed it, which is rare for me because I'm not not a Young Bucks and Lucha Bros girl, even though apparently... Apparently there's a story there. I don't know where it is or where it's hanging out, but <laughs> but uh, no, I really maybe just because I enjoy the two teams. But uh, no, it was definitely a, a tag team. It was a, I would have been going to get a beer. I would have been in the beer line and then came back and was fired up. So that that would be my review of the match. <laughs> yeah, I would come halfway through and. and the late half of it after going to get another one of those blood orange beers. Yes, I think I think some people enjoyed it, and we can rejoice in their happiness, and we can move on from there. Um, that does remind me of Gato and Jeddo, who uh, this week, yesterday, celebrated 34 years in the business. Um, as Jeddo went past Kevin Kelly, went 34 years this business. It's his 34th anniversary. Gato and Jeddo back in the 90s when they were working for. Uh, 
Um, they brilliantly had the best t-shirt in wrestling history, which is a picture of them, and it just said, fuck you, we're Ghetto and Jetta. <laughs> still the best still the best wrestling t-shirt ever. Um, so, but yes, so yes, um, yeah, it was alright, it was nothing wrong with it, it's just like, just not my particular cup of Darjeeling, if you see what I mean. Let's just move on to something that was a bit more my cup of Darjeeling. Matt Falco defeats one called Manders of the Second Gear crew. Beer bash match. 11 minutes and 35 seconds. This was, as you'd expect, a beer-orientated street fight with beer kegs and beer cans and beer being drunk. And it was a mess in the nicest possible way. <laughs> um, the, fact, the fact they had to have an interval um, did, did make me... <laughs> <laughs> they planned this well. They did put an interval in this show. Um, and it's like, I, I'm going to talk to you about intervals in a minute because I, I want to know if this happens at Canadian shows too. You know, as, you know, as, a, as a Commonwealth country, do we have this shared experience of wrestling shows? But I will talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about Matt Falco on One Called Manders. Um, this was fun. Big lads eating one another. Big lads wrestling with lots of big heavy eating and um, some nice technical stuff, but it was just generally a bit of a bar fight. What did you think of this one? Well, yeah, it was it was a bar fight, and uh, I love that stuff. I was rooting for Manders in this one. I, I did have to betray my country for a bit, but <laughs> <laughs> my, my love of the cowboy had to overcome. But uh, no, I I love a beer based match. I love a bar fight. Like Session Moth Martina was one of the first like indie wrestlers I found whenever I got into wrestling. So having like characters like Matt Falco and uh, Matt Justice, I think it would have been funnier if it was Matt Justice and Matt Falco because uh, it would have been the like the battle of the mats first of all and the battle of the six foot six beer drinking just absolutely unhinged like crazy move wrestlers but uh i love that one called manders brings down these guys that do these kind of big moves and stuff like that he's like no like lariats that's what i'm about <laughs> <laughs> he has got that um joe deering stan hansen bruiser brody vibe by him you have to say um, he is really cool in that particular sense, and I, I too, I do, I do love a good, a good horse battle. I, I must admit, and this was kind of horse battle with drinks. So, what can go possibly go wrong? Yeah. yeah, this is it. So, right, intervals at British wrestling shows. Traditionally, there's a raffle. Are there raffles at Canadian wrestling shows? Yes. There is. See, I thought there would yes, be. Definitely. 50 50. <laughs> 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 so to... 15 minutes. You go buy your 50 50. You go have a cigarette. You go, go get a beer. <laughs> so yeah, I used, to, I used to go to wrestling at Grimsby Central Hall um, for their local promotion. Who did some insane stuff. Anyway, they no longer promote there. It's been taken over by a much better wrestling company. Um, but they used to wrestle at Grimsby Central Hall. You'd go buy your raffle ticket, then go upstairs to the other hall where they'd sell you the tea, but you couldn't take the tea back. Your coffee and your tea, you couldn't take that back to your seat. You had to drink it in the hall and leave the cups there. 
trillion. Um, and then, yeah. That is extremely great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what do you mean we can't take it with us? Oh, no, no, then you, you might knock it over. Oh. <laughs> but yes, I just, anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, so it always, like... <laughs> the New Japan show in London. I was dead disappointed there wasn't a raffle. Um, <laughs> the idea of Red Shoes, you know, calling out a raffle at the end of the show. Um, but anywho, yes. Uh, after the uh, interval, Mike Bailey, who was representing uh, ISW after turning on his GCW brethren at the previous show, went up against Gringo Loco, wrestling G- representing GCW. This was definitely much more my wheelhouse. I was in the right place for this. Gringo Loco has a lot of love for this show as he is a member of Black Generation International in Gleet when he is uh, on tour in Japan. Um, And we've been very impressed with his work there, me and Marcus. And now we're very impressed with his work here. And uh, him and Byron Bailey, what a perfect matchup. I thought that was really cool. I really enjoyed this. It is a bit high spotty, but then what are these two guys going to do? Hold the hammer lock for 15 minutes? You pay to see some flips, don't you, with these two? So, yeah, it was fine. There was there were, there were stories to this match as well. It just wasn't mindless. Um, and I enjoyed it. I did. I think it was probably one of the better matches on the card. What did you think of this? I mean, I always enjoy Mike Bailey. I'm not much of a, a Gringo Loco fan. And I just because I'm like I'm not really into really high spotty wrestling, but he was really good in this match with Mike Bailey. Um, I did laugh when he said at the beginning of the match, um, "I'm not wrestling for Canada. Canada sucks, but Quebec rules." And I always remember that there's people that want to like separate from Canada in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like uh, a lot of. The, of course, the Mike Bailey technical wrestling, a lot of kick into the head, like um, the, the double knees to the bad, like the moonsault knees to the back of Gringo Loco, that must have absolutely been awful for him. Hate that for him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I liked it. It's just, uh, I thought it went a little long. That That's my only thing. <sighs> Two things can be true. A match can be good but it can be a little long as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I think this was, I mean, this was the technical wrestling match. If you see what I mean, this, this was like, and now there will be a technical wrestling match between two people who know what they're doing. Um, and it was like, yeah, yeah. it was like, that's fine. But it's Mike Bellyley and Gringo Loco. It's not Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki, is it? It's not going to be 15 minutes of really interesting joint manipulation where they need a bit of time to get things going these two could get over in 10 seconds flat. So, yeah, it could have been 12 minutes and it would have been all she wrote. That's all you needed. It would have improved the pace of the match as well, to be honest. Um, But yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Let's let's move on. IWS Women's Championship match. Melanie Havoc defeated Ali Catch 14 minutes and 43 seconds. I would have to say that's an upset given the reputation of Ali Catch. Um currently on the independent scene and she, the fact that she won by submission is a really good feather in the cap of Melanie Havoc I enjoyed this match I thought it was good I think they should probably have another go around and it would be a much better match somewhere down the line um, and so I don't think it was too sure, I think this was probably about the right length of the match to tell the story they were trying to tell 
Um, but it's difficult because Ali Catch is a baby face, really, even though she was getting booed here. Um, and it, it sometimes it was kind of working against the grain for me in one sense because Melanie Havoc isn't like a super, super over baby face where it was easy for Ali to just kind of like make herself a heel by not being Melanie. So therefore it was kind of a bit... They were struggling to get the reactions they needed to make the match work. Does that make sense? No, I understand. Yeah. And, and like, she, Allie was doing some, like, comedy stuff, which is fine sometimes, but, like, now was not the place. Like, it wasn't the time and place for it, I guess. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was a it was a title match in a company versus company. Like you are representing GCW, you want you want to take home a trophy from the other team who were up the entire show. Like if we're talking numbers, IWS won. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. No, I. Other than that, like. The match, it was honestly like a little clunky at times, but that can happen, especially with, I find this with women who only fight other like men or um, like assigned male at birth people that um, they just can't, they, they run at a different pace when they're running with women and it just sometimes feels a little clunky. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, they're used to basing for other men instead of people smaller than them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's something we're coming across more as intergender wrestling becomes the norm. Um, and it's intriguing. It's like, yeah. I, hmm. Yeah, I think as well is that, like, Ali's size is she's, she's pretty domineering in, in the ring. So, you know, the, the, there's elements when she works as a baby face that maybe don't work as well because she's just so big. Um, and she needs to kind of, like, change her pace a little bit there, that, that kind of things. And I think you're right. It's, it was just little bits of timing where, you know, it didn't quite work the way they wanted to. And, it could, like I said, I think if they went again, it'd be a lot, lot better. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was a fine match that was just clunky bits and then just little bits of just ring psychology that I just didn't care for. Just because, not that I didn't care for it, it would have been fine just in another context. Yes, that's true. Match going the way of the story. Definitely, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Now we move on to our semi-main event. Tony Deppen, who nobody likes, so that's fine, against Benjamin Dull. Um, this was perfectly fine. I actually enjoyed this. Not come across Benjamin Tull before. Uh, again, every on the, the, the big hitting stuff. And Tony Deppen is kind of a technical master, so it was a nice Styles Makes Fights kind of thing. Um, this was intriguing, and uh, I liked it. What did you think of this one, Anna? Yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with Tony Deppen, even though he's a little slimy little guy. Just a slimy guy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I am actually not too familiar with Benjamin Tall. I've only heard the name just like, of course, through Canadian indies and stuff like that, and like seeing him on cards. But 
But uh, of course, you always got to root against Tony, <laughs> even though he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, I think it's like, Ben Ben. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the. No, I was just going to say technical wrestling, branded tables. Yeah, there's a little bit of tables and stuff in this. They, 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 they branched out, you know. But I mean, Deppin is Deppin can go, and that's usually makes for a good match because he can always fall back on things that he needs to. But then Benjamin Toll has beaten Effie and Tony Deppin back to back in title defenses. That's a big thing for him as far as like the name talent that he's wrestling and growing the reputation of IWS. Yeah, and he definitely is a big domineering champion, so it's good to have that, uh, have, like, Tony go up against, like, the big person in their company. It kind of shows that Tony is, what am I trying to say? That Tony is held in that high regard within GCW, even though he's a little... It's not just GCW. When he was Ring of Honor, nobody liked him either. <laughs> it's wherever he goes. It's like, ah, oh, Tony, no. <laughs> but there you go. Yes. So, that leaves us with the Fans Bring the Weapons six-man tag team main event. As GCW had into, well, ISW had invaded GCW. GCW had then invaded ISW in the build-up to this match. And was originally billed as a straight tag team match between Green Phantom and Sexy Eddie versus Matt Warner and Rina Yamashita. Um, on the day, they were joined by Nick Gage and um, PCP, crazy, crazy effing Manny, the owner of ISW, to really round out things as a emotional main event. Um, Again, story kind of left the building in this match, but you didn't expect it to. This was a street fight, a twindle. Street fights between two teams battling for bragging rights and between wrestlers who kind of live on bragging rights. Uh, I love Mance Warner. I think he's got an incredible presence. I think he's, you know, um, a brilliant, brilliant guy as far as his moveset is concerned, his character is concerned. He's a superb professional wrestler. I love Nick Gage as well for very much for the similar reasons. I would climb mountains for Rini Yamishita. I have been watching her for about 10 years. Um, and I, I am absolutely adore what she does as a professional wrestler. I've seen her in, in comedy matches. I've seen her in straight up brawls. She's kind of living her death deathmatch best life at the moment. And I'm very happy for her to gain as much recognition in North America as she has in Japan. Um, one of my favorite stories was when she was in Oz Academy and she was in a um, Can They Coexist tag team? And I can't remember who she was with, but they would literally walk down the aisle together staring at each other so that they didn't stab each other in the back. <laughs> it was just like, that was ace to watch. Um, Green Phantom and Sexy Eddie I have not seen before I have seen Manny before a long time ago because obviously he's not wrestled for a while he was supposed to have retired so that's what made this a shocking comeback um, this was violence and lots and lots of violence perhaps a bit too much violence so would you like to explain the health and safety aspect of death matches in Canada yeah <laughs> we actually have laws that make 
so you're not allowed to breathe in mercury dust. So that's why they had people wearing masks in the first three rows, and they made the children go away. <laughs> <laughs> like, our sports commissions and all that stuff get uh, really upset at, at blood and, and things like that. So it's hard to, especially in a venue like Lone Olympia, um, because it's like a nicer venue and stuff like that. Like, you really have to... They definitely pulled a lot of strings to have as many light tubes as they did in that building, especially for that match. That's what I mean. Like, it was crazy to see. And I laughed when they brought up the face shields. I said, yeah, that's Canada. That's Canada. <laughs> also, saying the main event, um, announcing the main event in both French and English made me laugh so much. Or announcing the safety measures at the main event in French and English made me laugh so much. It was so Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I was getting on an airplane. Hey. Yeah, I'm surprised that you haven't seen Sex Medi before because he was actually in uh, Queen of the Death match a long time ago. In those, in, it was the one that uh, the finals was Mickey Knuckles versus Mayumi Ozaki. He, he uh, fell to Mayumi Ozaki in the opening round of that tournament. Everyone falls to Mayumi Ozaki. She's evil, incarnate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things that woman has done. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't see that tournament. I need to go back and watch that tournament because I'll watch Ozaki do anything. But yeah, it, this this match was good. It was really, really solid. And, you know, it, not, death matches again aren't my cup of tea. I, I was slightly concerned about Manny's ear, though. Have we heard any news since? I haven't heard anything, um, which usually means a good thing, because it means he just got stitched. Yeah, you would hope so, because <laughs> so. there was an errant light tube spot where basically the back of his ear got sliced up, and there was blood everywhere, even more than you'd expect <laughs> in a death match. Um, it it yeah. was one of those... The, they, they quickly called the match after that because he was bleeding. Yeah, so yeah, that was so. it. it was, you know, they... One of the gentlest power bombs you've ever seen in a death match, and then that was done. <laughs> it's okay, just prune down gently. Don't don't do anything bad to him. But yeah, no, this was this was this was solid. There was a nice little promo by Nick Gage at the end to show respect for the ISW roster, and now we can move on. Which was a bit like kind of like you know, I think back to like CZW versus Ring of Honor Cage of Death stuff, and I'm like there was like people who wanted to riot at that show and how much they milked it but the wrestling industry isn't in that particular place anymore you know you you can kind of have these cards the more i think about it it doesn't do them any good to run each other down for a long extended period of time because back then CZW were trying to gain recognition and traction as much as they possibly could and losing a long-term feud to ring honor didn't really matter Whereas in this case, they kind of both end up even. IWS win the most matches, GCW win the main event, everyone goes unhappy. And uh, just Nick Gage is allowed in Canada now. That's very important to me, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> it is one hell. Can we just, like, show five stars to the Canadian justice system this one time? <laughs> Well, best not start talking about the British justice system right now. It's, it's not pleasant. But, yes. 
Um, yeah, no, that is really cool. And, it, and you would not, for performers who, like, get caught up in this stuff, you know, um, Studios is probably the, the most famous exponent of essentially couldn't wrestle in North America for something like seven years because of an issue he had in crossing the border one time. Um, <laughs> I remember reading in Kerrang about Less Than Jake going on tour to Canada and they they started they the reason why they like when when they went to interview them they were cleaning out the tour boss and they were like why are you being so why are you being so like careful about cleaning out the tour boss because we're going to Canada and if we get a sniffer dogs on this tour boss and there's any marijuana we're never going to Canada again so they had to like detail their tour boss within an inch of its life to make sure that there was no evidence of you know. I'm sure the Koi Boys from Less Than Jake never do any illicit substances, and it was entirely the previous band that had used that particular tour bus, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a serious business crossing from the United States to Canada. It is, yeah. I mean, my poor mother, she details every single thing that she's bringing back that didn't come from Canada initially it's even down to her toothpaste like it's no joke but yeah no I'm like very very happy that GCW got to have like this amazing show like in Canada for their um, their first time in the country and all that stuff and IWS got to show off a lot of their uh, talk talent and, and all that and, uh, and they really brought the cream of the crop of GCW I find it was the perfect mix of people um, to represent them Nick Gage coming out is absolutely incredible like whenever I heard that I was like of course yeah of course whenever I decide that like oh no I, I can't afford a trip to Montreal Nick Gage is, shows up that's, that's my luck <laughs> <laughs> Because he's my favorite wrestler of all time, for, for reference. But uh, no, uh, we're recording this on the 19th, so it'll be their second time in Canada tonight in Toronto, and I am very excited. Yes, to that's that. uh, worst behavior. Uh, what's on that show tonight? They've got a main event. Oh, well, Max Warner versus Cole Radrick, East West Express versus Wasted Youth. Green Phantom and TDT versus Bussy and Sawyer Wreck versus Lomasiakos and Jimmy Lloyd. Ringo Locker versus Jack Cartwheel, which is literally a match that was on Glee a month ago, so obviously someone saw that and wanted it again. Lefisto <laughs> <laughs> versus Rina Yamashita. Yamashita. That will be amazing. Uh, Mike Burley. I'm so yeah, Mike Bailey versus Masha Slamovich. Um, there is title implications about that, but we'll not say any more if those of you not caught up with these GCW this week. Sexy Eddie versus Matt Cardona, which will be incredible. Um, and then you, then you in Los Angeles for the Collective, which has this year will have for the Culture, Josh Barnett's Blood Night, Blood Sport Night, Emo Fight. What's Emo Fight? Jimmy Jacobs versus Leo Rush. <laughs> Sorry, I said that again. Uh, it's an emo night themed uh, wrestling show. The first one was interesting. 
they just have this image of just like wrestling with fringes and not being able to see past their hair. That's really yeah. what it is. That's what. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GCW versus DDT is also uh, for WrestleMania weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. Chris Books, Mizuki Watashi, Shuma Katsumutu versus Second Gear Crew, Homicide and Tony Deppen versus Yonakiyama and Tetsu Yuendo. Oh my word. That'll be amazing. Moonlight Express versus East West Express. Bussy versus Pheromones. But of course, you have to have Bussy versus Pheromones. Um, yes. <laughs> Joey Janela versus Yuki Yano. Kazuki Yuchi versus Blake Christian. Dark Sheik versus Saki Akai. Wow. And Cole Roderick versus Yoshiko. Which would be good. Cole Roderick at the Yoshihiko Road. I, I am annoyed that Yoshiko does not have uh, a cage match profile. Because Yoshiko has been oh. in so many great matches down the years. Which have been which we've covered on this show. But no, there is no there is no, no. what can you do? Um, but yeah, so that's that really. So that, that's that's Game Changer Wrestling for the next couple of while. You've got all your favourites as well, like Big Gabe Brunch is going to be there as well, and Gringo Locker's World on Lucha, which will be interesting. Um, and Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. Who's on Big Gabe Brunch this year? Uh, Carlos Romo versus Devin Monroe, Kid Bandit and Sawyer Wreck. Ooh, Steph DeLandra and Sandra Moon. Aaron Rourke, Ashton Starr, Becca, Dylan McQueen, Rico Gonzalez versus Money Power Respect, Abigail Warren, Anton Voorhees, and DeShade with Paolo DeMar. That should be an interesting show too. So there's plenty to look at in the GCW universe to come. It's back. Well, American indie wrestling is back. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, well, I think generally the issue, this is the thing, dapping with Japanese indie wrestling as well. Um, we did the show, me and John covered the All-Star um, Junior Heavyweight uh, show from, um, was it Kurikum? Yeah, it was Kurikum that Hiromo booked a couple of weeks ago. And um, when we was looking at that show, like Kevin Kelly was pointing out, a lot of the younger guys on that show just don't have the reps that they used to have because they were doing squats for three years because they couldn't wrestle on shows, you know, and... The fact that they are that good now is really, really cool. And I think as well, that's the same thing with American indie wrestling. The lack of reps is kind of detrimental to the scene in a longer term respect, just because people don't have the reps. But the advantage of that is you're going to see lots of people grow very, very quickly. And that'll be cool and exciting to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I was very happy watching this show. I was out of GCW for the longest time, and now that uh, they came to Canada, it's all it always just comes has to come back to Canada, and then I get uh, get my interest <laughs> again. Wrestling started with wrestling started with me seeing a show happening in Canada, so I decided to check it out. So it always. Comes full circle for me. That's true. <laughs> and hopefully next time they go to Montreal, I'll be able to make it because it's not that there expensive you go. to go. I hope you have a lovely time if you do go. 
Um, but yes, um, that pretty much covers us for um, the Troopany show today. I would like to thank my guest, Anna. Where can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter. I am beer underscore underscore uncle beer with two underscores uncle. Um, you, you can support me on coffee, uh, coffee, K-O-F-I slash Caroliana. It, it's I'll have it. <laughs> you can find me. That's all I have. Sorry. No, I that's all <laughs> it's I have. okay. You can find me at SheriffMonster on Twitter, at SheriffMonsterTX on Instagram, though that's nothing to do with wrestling. It's all about broken guitars and cars. Um, you can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a Discord called Troopany Show Podcast. Or we are also on Facebook, the Troopany Show, and Patreon, the Troopany Show, where you can stay free forever, forever. We can keep the show free forever for everyone. We will be back next week. I'm not completely sure what we'll be looking at. However, there was a big TJ, well, TJPW show yesterday. There was a big Noah show today. There is two Gleet shows in the can. There's lots of stuff happening, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll have a chat, and we'll see what we come up with. Um, take care, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye! <laughs>